I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's up for grabs now! Arsenal Nation. Would you believe it? Arsenal Nation. Arsenal Nation. That sums it all up. Arsenal Nation. Right, welcome to Arsenal Nation, the podcast, episode three. I'm Nick Bright. Thanks for downloading, of course. Uh, And you can really, really help us by spreading this amongst your friends. Even though you've got all these newfangled ways to spread things, my old mum says word of mouth is still the best. Um, Johnny Cochran is with me, of course. Wearing the brand new kit, can I just say? Guilty. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm wearing the I'm wearing the kit, and I just I walked past it in the shop, and I was like, I've got to get it early this year, you know, because usually I wait too late, and then I'm getting it for Christmas or whatever, and then it's gone within six months, you know. I'm wearing last season's garms. Yeah. So this year I got it straight, fresh, fresh off the block. Walking around with it, I'm I'm vibing. I love this kit. Do, do you know what I love as well? Jeremy Aliadier is of course with us as he is every week. He's wearing a different kit. What year is that one? That's eighty eight. So eighty eight. So we got eighty eight in here, and then we've got the brand new kit in here. I'm not wearing a kit, unfortunately. Nobody told me. Would have been great if you guys let me know. <laughs> yeah. But um, I like the fact that they look very similar. It's like it's like yours is the older version of mine. It's like your um, your kit did a face app and <laughs> <laughs> saw what it was going to look like in 20 years and then I'm wearing what it looks like in 20 years. Uh, you you know what, as soon as Adidas brought that new kit out, I just thought, oh, I've got to get the old one out, you know. The Correct. old one with the Adidas original on, yeah. yeah. Retro, I like, I really like it. It's stylish though, isn't it? I feel, look, your one looks stylish. I'm feeling stylish in this. Right, so today we're doing a watch along. Um, we're in back in producer Liam's man cave. Which every like, I'm, I've got to be honest, I'm quite jealous. You've got this. Yeah, well, you made me track across North London last time with a big box of equipment to see Robert Perez. So I thought needs to come back here this time. Well, I mean, it was Robert Perez, <laughs> you know. Uh, so we're back in the man cave and we're doing a watch along uh, over the extra time period of our 2007 Carling Cup semi-final win over Spurs. Spoiler alert! Now, one of Jeremy or Johnny score in that game. Oh, I wonder which one of you it was. Cochrane, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh just a little spoiler that didn't happen uh, but i was at this game as well no so way. I'm, I'm gonna reveal that 
guys, for all those people going, I think it was Johnny, I'm going to reveal it wasn't me. It was indeed the wonderful Jeremy Aliadier, but I was in the crowd watching him score this beautiful goal. Right, before I watch along, though, producer Liam has got a bit of a surprise for the listeners and us, and we have no idea what this is. So do you remember last week we premiered our new sting for our new feature, Jeremy Jerry U? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember it yeah. very well. Do you remember the recording of that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely singing voices by yours. So oh, no. I thought we'd kind of pull the curtain back and give the listeners an understanding how we go about recording something like that. <laughs> so I, we've got four microphones set up here, so everyone's got their own track to work with. I was able to isolate every single one of those tracks oh, through no. the rehearsals. <laughs> um, so I thought I'd, I'd let everyone listen to uh, what you all sound like. Solo. Singing along. So, oh, no. Johnny, we're going to start with you. Oh, yes. so Please, yeah. here's, here's your first. Here's your first one. Jeremy, Jeremy, you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, dear. No, no bad, Johnny. It's dreadful. No bad. You, no you, bad. You, you sounded depressed. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, do you know what? I, I have to be honest. I think I've got... I believe... Oh, I think I've got a much better voice than what I actually have. Like, in my head, I think I'm wicked. I know, because listen to your second take where you uh, you get a bit confident. Jeremy, Jerry, you... Uh-huh. That was good. There hey. you go. Oh, the hearts. Okay. I mean, in my head, I was like, you know, not only should I made it in football, but get me on X Factor. You know, <laughs> ready to roll. So we got you out of the way early, so so you can you can relax now. I feel like it's only going to get worse. Yeah, I think Dream said things can me. only get so, better. So, so Jeremy. Jeremy, Jerry, you. Not really. Like, I, nah, I know the Johnny first was much, yeah. You were giving, I don't think you were as confident in that first take. Well, so we went on to the second one. Let's see if there's any difference. Jeremy, Jerry, you. Ah, oh, that's better. Yeah, now. that's yeah. better. I was going to say that I've just got to point out here that we weren't being forced to do this. It sounds like <laughs> you two were so depressed. Like, do you do, do not enjoy the podcast? <laughs> It's funny you should say that, because Nick, you're actually surprisingly <laughs> I, good. I'm giving it the big beans. Jeremy, Jeremy, you. Yeah, you can see the but, music yeah. relation so the now one, with but, Nick. But God. listen to this, like second take. He puts on a voice, listen to this. Jeremy, Jeremy, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Giving it a bit. The low octaves the, the, there. The pipes, mate. I used to be a, uh, I was an alto in a St. Joseph's College choir uh, before moving up to a tenor. Really? <laughs> yeah, this is a true story. In my, wow. I was in the choir at school. Uh, I have no idea how, because actually, when I sing now, it's horrendous. <laughs> I, I don't know what Mrs. Marshall saw in me, but uh, she rated me at the wow. time. Wow. Yeah, I mean, between us, we've covered it all anyway. Like, like our powers combined, it's like Captain Planet. You know, yeah. we've just become really good. All of our voices together make a wonderful harmony. There was actually a fourth voice in there. It's called Auto-Tune. And oh, it, it, was, okay. <laughs> it was really helped me out. Like T-Pain on the track. I, I was about to say that's helped a lot of singers out in uh, the pop industry anyway, so it's fine. I think before we move on to the watch-along, which we are about to... We should get a um, Jeremy Jerry you from producer Liam. He's dishing yeah, out all yeah. this. Yeah, where, where, where is yours, yeah. Liam? That's my voice. Do you know uh, what I mean? He's uh, <laughs> dishing uh, it all out. Do it live uh, as well. Uh, if you back yourself, uh, if you back yourself. I probably would. I actually, the reason I can't do this is because ABBA have actually copyrighted that song now. Oh, so if, yeah. I, if I was to sing that out loud now, I'd, yeah. yeah. Their fierce legal team is well renowned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all about the money, money, money. So oh, I hear, very you know, nice, yeah. very nice. Uh, right. Anyway, <laughs> let's get let's let's get on with the watch along. The champions, Chelsea, have booked their place at the Millennium. Now these two fierce rivals will battle for the right to meet them in next month's final. It's Arsenal against Spurs. 
Right, so, Jeremy, before we uh, kick off this watch-along, uh, could you just let us know what had happened in the first game, in the first leg between Arsenal and Tottenham? Well, first leg, um, you know, I remember, remember coming off at half-time injured. We were losing 2-0, so um, obviously not a good first half at all. Uh, and actually, for half-time, you know, coming off injured and losing 2-0 after all I say it's done game's over and and that's it no final for us and I remember being in the dressing room and then I could hear the fans screaming but not too loud so I thought oh that sounds like it's our fan shouting for a goal and I you know obviously spoke to the physio that was there I said just go and check here quickly see if you know we scored you know and he said yeah yeah Baptista just scored his 2-1. So I started feeling a bit better, thinking, oh, great, we're back in the game. And then next thing you know, he scored another one. And uh, we were 2-2, finished the game at 2-2. So obviously I was, you know, well up for getting back fit as soon as possible to, to play the second leg. You know as well, at 2-0 up at half-time, Tottenham were getting ready to make a DVD about that as well. That's <laughs> what they do when they start leading against Arsenal. And nope. Stop the DVD record. Right, we're hitting play on this now um, and Tottenham are just about to kick off. It's one all at this stage. Um, what do you recall about the 90 minutes, Jeremy? So we're, we're, we're going into extra time here, but what do you recall about the 90 minutes? Well, I remember obviously, you know, winning 1-0, be 1-0 up. And, and at the time for them games, there was no away goal. So I thought, you know, even if... Uh, you know, we 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 good obviously, and then and then Mido scored. I think ten fifteen minutes to the end, and obviously that was kind of a bit tough to take because we we really thought that that's it, game was over, one nil, we were gonna you know see the game through and and win that game, and uh, obviously when Mido equalised and took it to extra time, um, yeah, it was just try to focus again and and play half an hour and and get that game. You know, one. There's so many f- players and managers and everything that, and referees even that I'm just remembering back now. Is that Alan Wiley there? Is that Alan Wiley? Is that the old ref's name? Yeah, yeah is Alan Wiley. Him, yeah. I mean, that geezer looks like a, a, a secondary school teacher in a village somewhere, doesn't he? He's <laughs> not got anything about him really. He's more of a, you know, he's very look run run of the mill. But he he, he used to rule with quite an iron fist. I remember yeah. rightly. Yeah, he was quite a tough like ref. Genius. Yeah, wow. he JJ. loved it, didn't he? Yeah. He loved it. Also, Still does, mate. You know what I mean? He, just, he makes that he's an impartial pundit on the BBC, mate. We all know. He's crying when Tottenham got That's to Champions League final. You know have a word, Jermaine. And uh, even then, Martin the old. Do you remember the old? Um, Ghostbusters film, the original one, where yeah. Marshmallow Man, he looks like a painting. <laughs> he looks like a geezer trapped in a painting. That is mighty old. I swear, I've always thought that. Uh, I'm trying to work out just because I can barely remember this and I'm trying to work out our starting, well, not starting 11, but the 11 on the pitch here. So I've seen Colo too and there's the man yeah, there he is. sniffing out the yeah. chances. Fox in the box. Oh, Addy Bebe's up front as well, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. I was playing around him. Obviously, oh, yeah. every long ball I knew had to be, uh, had to be, you know, ready because every flick on Addy Bayo was so tall, man. He was going to get everything. Phil, big Phil Senderos. Yeah. He's got a big, big bandage on his head. Yeah, I think he went to a like head-to-head challenge and got just a cut on his uh, yeah on his head so I thought it was a fashion choice yeah. to you know what I mean he's trying to get the Bobby Charlton hair just a bit popping out the top <laughs> it looks like that to be fair yeah. oh Justin Hoyt there he is he's another little 
Arsenal legend, Again, all the way through the academy. Danielson there and all. Danielson, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, looking at some of these players, Danielson, we're seeing a close-up of him now. Is there any Danielson stories that spring to mind about your time at Arsenal? You, you know what? The only stories I will get from Danielson is that he spent a few years with us and never learned any English, mate. Really? He was the really? only player that could not say a word of English from beginning to end of his time at Arsenal. It was just a struggle to to communicate with him. Oh, wow. uh, but but obviously, you know, as a lot of Brazilian players, you know, always smiley, always want to, you know get a good atmosphere in the dressing room, dancing, put the music on and stuff, but never been able to really, you know, create a bond with him because we struggled to yeah. communicate, so it was tough. And is that the thing? Like, so obviously uh, you're, you're a uh, player who's moved from another country at an early age, but how much is language a factor in, in a player's ability to adapt and kind of assimilate to the new t- their new team? Well, it's, it's, it's massive, obviously. Even if, you know... Danielson was not on his own. He had like Gilberto, Edu, he had all them guys that were there to to obviously help him. But you know, you've got to be able to communicate with the whole team, not just only a couple of players. Otherwise, it's just going to be difficult. But um, you know, I guess at that time, you know, football was more the language that we all spoke. You know, we all understood each other. We all knew how to play the Arsenal way. So. You know, he still had a good career at Arsenal through that, but the language barrier was obviously, you know, it's, it's important. I think when you move country to to learn the language as soon as possible. A lovely bit of hold up play there from uh, JJ. Oh, yeah, nice. see it, lovely. But one thing I've always thought, uh, Jeremy, is um, you know, particularly around the era where it became very French heavy under uh, Wenger, were you guys all communicating in English on the pitch or like like? If there's a man coming up to you and, you know, an English player might say man on, is that something that everyone would... Is that the kind of an accent yeah, everyone I wanted would to use? Ask, actually, yeah, no, we, you know what? That that was something on the pitch that we all communicate in, in, in English. So right. even if it was just me and, and Thierry or Patrick, it was always in English because you can't kind of switch on and off that when you're on the pitch. You've got to use the, the English to make everybody, you know, understand you. But obviously when it's just us talking at, in training or in the dressing room, we, we spoke in French. But as soon as there was uh, a guy in that group that didn't understand, we will straight away switch to English because I just feel it's, it's respect, you know. Right, yeah. right. It's not right to, to speak in French and have a, you know, whatever guy with us that can't understand. I'd, so we always uh, always swap to English straight away. And if not, the English players would just talk louder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Can you... In terms of, so like you were playing up front with Adi Bayor, um, and I think I've asked you this before, and you mentioned, I think you mentioned uh, Thierry, but in terms of strike partners that you played with, um, who did you, one, obviously like playing with the most? I think you might have said before, as I say, Thierry, but who did you find it easiest to play with, whether it was like the big man, like Eddie Bayol with the flick-ons or... You know what? I actually love to play with Dennis. Yeah? Yeah, because Dennis, I was more as a striker. I knew my role, you know, with Dennis because he obviously loved to come back and play in the hall and get that ball and, and find the last pass and stuff. So it was easier for me because... I had only one job to focus on. Playing with Thierry or Adebayo, they move so much that you've got to really always move, you know, 
like in the same time that they make their movement. Right. So obviously it was more, you, you had to concentrate more and really think. When we've done this, you knew that was always, it was always in that number 10 kind of yeah. role. And all I had to do was just make run behind and he was going to find me. So it was more of a single job to do, you know? Right. Can I just say at this point, we are absolutely all over them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They've barely been in our half. Cesc Fabregas there dictating from the, the midfield. What a player. Yeah. What yeah. a player. I mean, what was it like playing with him? Same. But like same that, that I've just described, Dennis. But obviously a guy from midfield that had like, he had five or six eyes, the guy. You know, <laughs> he could he could see you even if you were in his back making a run. He, he knew. He had that, that kind of sixth sense to, to, to feel and see any any run, any movement. Yeah. And I remember as soon as he had the ball, I was just off all the time because I knew that he were gonna he were gonna find me. So when you here's one for you then. When you look at, you know, current players, players that are playing now, is there any kind of playmaker that you look at and you think, oh, I would love to have been playing in front of that person? I mean, barring the obvious ones of like Messi and, you know, all the rest of it. Like You know what, at the at the club I must say, you know, a guy like Ozil He's got a vision of the game and, and, and he loves to play in one-two touch. And, and, you know, I know a lot of people can criticise him for other part of his game, but I think that part as a number 10 is, is one of the best because as soon as he gets the ball, he already, he's already saw the movement. He's already, and that's why I think the, the guy like Lacazette and, and Aubameyang love to play with him because they know that this guy can find a pass you know, f- from anywhere on the pitch, he- he's got that vision, short, long, and uh, yes, I would say Ozil is, is yeah, one of the players I would have loved to play with. Yeah, oh, look at this. Look at Jeremy Elliott here. Oh, that was a foul. Past. Come on, ref. <laughs> look at the youth. Yeah. Look, look at, at the youth. Do you know what he could do with a blonde haircut right yeah, now? That's what he yeah, could I do with an Ozil right now? <laughs> do you know what? It's funny seeing you without the old uh, facial hair in it, you know, because now oh, he's, 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 got to... this, he's got this designer stubble on the go now. Oh, you know? no, it's, uh, it's just different times, guys, you know. He wanted to look young there. Tried oh. to, uh... so, so when you were playing as well, was there a particular player who used to kind of G you up, kind of lead by example, if you like, or just make you want to run the extra mile because of how they were playing, whether they were putting in extra effort, big tackles or telling you. Who was someone who was a bit, perhaps the biggest inspiration on the pitch? Well, do you mean that game or do you mean in general? In general. For me, Patrick, you know, in general, Patrick, you, you, I, even if you felt a bit tired and end of the game, you used to see him going into absolutely crazy challenges and you, and, and you felt embarrassed that you're just chilling <laughs> up there. So you just thought, oh God, I can't leave that guy's just making all this, you know, all them challenges going and put his, his body on the on the line for, you know, for the club, the game. And, and so he kind of give, you know, gave you a little boost to, to push an extra you know, an extra few percent and really uh, give a bit more, you know? I love that. Uh, Patrick was just something else for me. What a player. What an inspiration. Patrick was playing the game even before the game started. You know, even in the, in the tunnel, he was already uh, it was already just, you know, giving giving the opposition like uh, just stick and the tunnel and, and really? just oh my, I've seen I've seen some <laughs> some discussion and fights in that in that tunnel at Highbury before the game and I was really young then and I just thought <laughs> this guy's just crazy. You thought you were at Weatherspoons, didn't you? <laughs> do, do, do you know what though? It's funny. It's funny you say that because now I see some you know because you've got 
like cameras in some of the tunnels and all the rest of it. And I see it and I think, oh, they're all a bit friendly before kickoff. Very kick friendly. Yeah, now. I like seeing a bit of kind of frostiness and a, especially because especially if it's like a, a like a London derby or something. And and you know what, like. You know, because a lot of people will say, "Oh, Patrick with Roy Keane." Yeah, yeah fair enough. That was a, you know, obviously a, a rivalry there between Man U and Arsenal, mm-hmm. and, and Patrick and Roy Keane. But I've seen Patrick having a go with like Marcel Desailly or whatever that they used to be friends playing for with France, each other yeah. for France. But mate, when it was a game against Chelsea or Spurs, whatever. Patrick would just switch on and, and just be like, no, there's no friend now. I love that. We're not friend in the, you know, we'll be friend at the end of the game when we won. Yeah. There's no problem. Then we'll be friend, but... I think you know. that I think that's a throwback because you mentioned it on episode one of, of the, the, the likes of Adams and Keown and people like that. Vieira was around those guys for a brief period, wasn't he? So it's it like was, yeah. he would have he known, kind of. He's seen these guys. And Tony Adams is Mr. Arsenal at the end of the day, yeah. do you know what I mean? And he would have seen how Tony was operating and that probably would have rubbed off on him. Well, he's passed in the was. armband, isn't he? Like, he went from Tony Adams to, to Patrick. So mm. he kind of, you know, took him as an example and, and just learned so much from him. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, and it vice versa as well. Like, you know, Adams and Keown would have seen Vieira, because they, they have Arsene Wenger coming in, how's he going to change our game, and so on. you got people like Vieira coming in, and they would have seen straight away, this guy's cut from the cloth as well, you know, yeah. and uh, he's basically, you know, going to be someone that is going to take Arsenal on into the future, and so I think there was that mutual respect. I want him back. I want Patrick back. Yeah. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> oh, I bet all the fans were up for a penalty then, Sesk in the box, oh. you know, screaming for it. Oh, that Asuakoto from uh, Spurs as well. I think I think one of the things that always makes me think about Asuakoto is he was one of the first players to say, "Look, I don't even like playing football. It's just a job for me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. It was it was it was a bit of a shock when I heard that. Yeah, you know, because I thought, oh, "How did, did that gonna be taken by fans that dream to play football?" Yeah. And all he says is, oh, "I don't like football. I just play for, for as a job, really." Do you know what I reckon? It's a Spurs thing because Danny Rose came out and said the same thing, didn't he? <laughs> yes. Well, his his was an issue with racism, though, as well. And I think he was like, he's pleased to see the back of football because of some of the abuse he's got, and, and respect to Danny for that as well. You know, for coming out and being honest. But like with Asuakoto, I think it was just. Can't really bother with us anymore. Imagine that. <laughs> just, yeah, never like football, just done it as a job. Do you feel there was any players that you played with that kind of gave you that vibe? No, I can't remember of any. You know, I've, I've, I think football's changed a lot from, from when I grew up, you know, and, and the mentality to what it is now. I've seen, you know, the last year when I was still playing, I've seen a lot of kids coming through and just thinking uh, t- to be a like make it as a professional footballer just for the money, not really because they love the game mm. and it's a passion and they've wanted to do that since they were, you know, four or five years old. But more, they go into it because they saw the lifestyle outside the, the game, uh, and which obviously is not what you know I've grown up to be. I've always wanted to play football because I love the game, and and that's you know I think the mentality kind of changed a little bit them them last few years with obviously all them massive salaries that you see them yeah. them young kids on so early so um kind of you know don't give them like the the desire to really become a top players because they already get so much so early so we must be because we've got we've got on the footage we're watching we we haven't got a clock on the screen so we must be almost at the halfway yeah, it must point be nearly half, half yeah it must so at this point in the game oh oh 
There he is. There he is. My goal. There he is. What a finish. Slapped it into the back of the net. Was that one of the goals where you didn't know, you didn't have a celebration planned out? I didn't. As you can see, the celebration is shocking, but I was, you know, when you, it's extra time, you know, we all Mm. kind of tired and been through, you know, already a full game and, and it's a massive game, you know, for all of us. We just it's a derby at the end of the day. We want to win, and and you score that goal, and you kind of really don't really realize what's just happening because that could be the winning goal, and you know, us getting to the final. But at the time, you don't, you just you know, so drained, and and just all you want is the game to end now. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Can I just say, comical defending by Rocker. Shocking um, defending, yeah. Almunia absolutely going crazy with the celebration. We saw you run over to the boss, um, Arsene Wenger. What, can you remember that exchange? Can you remember what, what Monsieur Wenger said to you? Uh, no, I can't even remember what he said, but I know all he was was straight, get back to shape, you know, compact, no, don't take any chances now. And, and just, but I was just so in my own my own little zone. I've just scored a goal in the semi-final. It's yeah. half time now. We've got 15 minutes to go and win the final. So it's just like, you know, we know what we've got to do anyway. You know, Arsene didn't really need to tell us anything. Yeah. Now we just know we've got to hold on and 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 that probably Spurs are going to go for it and we'll, we'll get chances to, uh, you know, and, and the game will open up even more and, and get chances to get third one. We saw you talking to Sesk there as well. You know, obviously emotions running high. You probably don't remember any of that. You're talking to Adebayor as we speak. Again, probably don't remember it. But can you remember the atmosphere? Because it looks like the stadium oh, is the, bouncing. Oh, yeah. The atmosphere was just insane. You know, it's a semi-final against Spurs. You 2-1 up. There's 15 minutes to go. It's just crazy. And now... You can see Spurs are coming out straight and, and obviously they're chasing the game. They've got a score now. So you can see the pace of the game is picking up again. And, and that's when you are the most vulnerable. You know, it's when you've just scored a goal. So yeah. lovely little run from Gail Clichy there. Eh? Little Mozart picking it up. Rosicki, look at this. Because I, I was in the crowd and I remember... Um, where were you sat? Do you can... So the opposite end to where Jeremy scored the goal. But I remember... Obviously, we're leading at the start, so we're feeling pretty good. And then when they hit that equaliser late on, oh, the tension changed, you know. And then when Jeremy cracked it in, it was, it went absolutely potty. You know, there was I hugged several men that I no longer have any connection with anymore. We don't speak, <laughs> but it felt like we were family that night. So, and that's what that's what football does. That's the beauty of it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's so funny that, isn't it? Like, Because uh, I've been in that. I've been in many situations like that as well when you're in the crowd and you, you're just like jumping on people you've never met before. It's it's ridiculous, really. Fair, I love gone, it. It's gone the wrong way though, Nick. Like I watched uh, Arsenal Chelsea last year at Stamford Bridge and um, there was a big guy who was sitting behind me and when we scored there, we were getting absolutely mental and he basically punched me on the nose. <laughs> it's like a monkey. And if you are that guy, I want you to know I've not forgiven you for that, okay? I thought my nose was broken. And that is a way to snap you out of celebration. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, my nose, my nose. <laughs> We're just, like, if the camera was on us, there's one guy in the middle just holding his nose going, the guy didn't care. You're, you're, you're like, I'm a, I'm a comedian who appears on telly, mate. You know, this is the money maker. <laughs> exactly. exactly. My agent was going to have a word with him. Well, we're seeing... Um, Obviously, in this second half, Arsenal trying to keep the ball a bit more because, as Jeremy's already alluded to, Spurs are chasing the game now. The likes of Rosicky, Fabregas, Nilsson, were they the best at keeping the ball in training? Because a lot of these Spurs players can't get near him now. We even saw Gal Clichy a minute ago kind of keeping the ball lovely. Yeah, we used to. We used to work so much on possession, you know, like do little little square where you've got five against two and, and try to keep the ball and... So we just every day just trying to do this, you know. So so obviously as soon as we had that that comfort of of that goal, we just were gonna keep the ball and hit them on the on the break, you know. And that's what we we you know you saw a couple of times there. We just keeping the ball, passing back, making making them come up, and then hit them with a long ball behind. And you know because we had guys like Adebayor could just hold the ball up there, you know. Look at him, he's yeah. just holding the ball, creating. Problem for the defenders. Well, we you know, saw you there with a little bit of keep ball just a second yeah. ago, you know. Yeah, not as good as Adebayo. I'm not the same physique, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, it's you know, as a striker, that's that's a major thing. Be able to let the players link up with you. You know, you've got to be strong and hold the ball and 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 just headers or what, whatever it is. But be able to, you know, give them defenders a hard time. Not not let them defend too easy and and just the ball straight away get back to our defenders so um yeah it's, it's part of uh part of being a forward striker i guess can we just say as well we've just seen some top dejected tottenham fans pop up on the screen and that is my fuel that is what keeps me going <laughs> like uh, i get powered up it's my petrol so yeah full charge ready to go it kind of leads me on to my next question for you jeremy actually like because when you were playing social media wasn't as prevalent as it is now it was no it wasn't used as much anywhere anywhere near as much as it is now are you glad of that or or would you have preferred it so happy so happy that that i was not in the era of social media every player is just posting everything everything like is got to be shared now because i just think you know the experience I've had at the club, and 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 all them moments in the dressing room and stuff. If all them moments were shared with the world, it's kind of mm. 
just think special thing that we've all lived, you know, like all them boys, all of, of us together. And I just feel, I know a fan wants to see what's going on in the dressing room and stuff, but I think there's a part of it which is it's got to kind of stay, you know, good memories that you've yeah. had in it, you know. And uh, so I've kind of, same with the abuse as well, I guess, from fans, from Spurs, well, that's why I was Spurs asking fan you. and yeah. stuff. You know, I know when I was playing, I used to, try not to look at the newspaper and read in the newspaper too much because obviously when you've had a great game, it's beautiful, yeah, it's great. But when it didn't go your way and you start reading all the bad comments and, you know, the, the, the journalists writing that you're not good, that you just should not play for this club, should not, you know, all them kind of stuff, it could, you know, it can make you feel yeah. a bit pretty low you know at the end of the day we all got emotion we're all human and and we all you know play the games to do our best you know and uh and you know i've always kind of been against and didn't really understand how can you be a great player one week and a bad player the week after you know at the end of the day you're a good player you're a good player if that's what people think of you then they should you know, still think the same. You've had a bad game, yeah, it happens, yeah. you know, but... Well, that's the kind of route I was going, just just based on the fact that you scored a goal in this game, quite an important goal. And if you were on social, if, if this was the social media age, you probably would have posted a picture of you scoring the goal just because that's the, the done that's thing the to thing do. That, yeah. and, and, and you're not even goading any, any fans or anything. You're just posting a picture of you scoring a goal. But then the comments would probably be a lot of Spurs fans saying this, that and the other. Yeah. Or whatever team you're playing against. I'm not just picking on Spurs. That just so happens to be the game we're watching. And like... Nowadays, I touched on it earlier, players make out that they don't see that stuff, but a lot of them do see that stuff. Mm. Uh, listen, I, I think players that post things like this these days, they obviously know. They, 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 they're going to read the messages. They're going to, because they know that's going to create... Oh, it's in! <laughs> Sorry to button on your story, yeah. but... Come on! There he is, knocked it in. Do you know what I love about that as well? It's one of those ones that just scrapes in. Sometimes they're even better because yeah. it's like it's like you almost stopped it, guys. And this is way before VAR, way yeah. before goal line technology. You know when you have them sneaky ones, it's yeah. not even got in. You know another long ball on Adebayo, and he's just yeah, held it up well. Yeah. Don't dive in. Is that Rocker again? He's had an absolute stinker. Oh, it's definitely in the. Yeah, it's an own goal and all, isn't it? Was yeah. it Chimbonda? Chimbonda, Chimbonda Pascal. yeah. Pascal, legend. It's gone in ah, off you. See yeah, you later, mate. Way in. See you later. No, it's funny you you say as well about the social media. That's all walks of life. Even when we do Arsenal Nation, I remember. The first Arsenal Nation we did, um, I was looking on the YouTube comments underneath and someone was having a go at me saying, oh, look, look at this Fellaini lookalike. What's he got to say? You know, so we all have to take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> at least the Genduzi lookalike. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Give you Fellaini. Exactly. I'm like lumbering. That's funny because producer Liam told me that all the comments we get about us are fantastic. Wow. One, one of them slipped through. <laughs> 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 someone was like get rid of that Fellaini hair go back to your blonde Justin <laughs> Justin Timberlake hair <laughs> Rosicki was some player though wasn't he as well he was what a top a... player yeah. I, rem I remember when he first joined the club I was obviously you know knew him from uh, Dortmund and always thought what a player he was and uh, it's funny until you see them training with you and, and, and really see them you know day in day out you just don't really realise 
yeah. and our quick feet and, and his brain, our quick, his brain will, will find passes and, and know exactly all the time. He had, a, he had like a little, um, always couple of seconds in advance of, of what you, you saw in the game. He already saw yeah. it two seconds before. And, uh, and yeah, he was, he was just a yeah, great player to have around and, and great guy as well. You know, a very humble guy. And, yeah. yeah so. Terrible taste in music, I hear, though. I, I can't. I can't comment on that. I've never listened music with him, so I can't. He, apparently, so I'm told. I weren't in the dressing room. You were. Apparently, used to love real heavy metal. He's, he's into oh, like real dude. producer Liam's nodding I, his head. I, I don't. I don't think he's ever had the chance of putting the, putting the music in the dressing room. Anyway, no chance. No. Out of all the players you played with, who would you say you feel was the most underrated? Oh, that's a. Uh... Big that's question. A, he just throws a, them in, doesn't he? That's a massive question because most of them guys, you know, they're all superstars in my mm. eye. They've all had great careers. So one that is really underrated is, you know, I, I guess, you know, people might say, no, nah, he's not underrated because he won the World Cup. But a guy like Gilberto, right. very quiet guy, but the job that he's done was so precious. It was just like, you know. Yeah. But he's not really underrated because he's still with, you know, Brazil international World Cup and and everything but I just I just think he yeah he was just incredible work and always quiet never you know just work 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 never complain I kind of get what you mean though because in the Brazil team he was surrounded by kind of like the Samba boys as they were at that time weren't yeah. they so like they used to get all the shine and then that's it yeah that's that's my point yeah that's... at Arsenal he was he was for a lot of his career next to Patrick Vieira in the yeah. midfield he used to get a lot of the shine oh that was that was a quite a heavy knock for you. That was a bit of a challenge there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, still down. You're, you're yeah, down injured. Still down, Is, yeah. Was it was this was this a fake injury like yeah. time killer or was nah, this real? I don't I don't really oh, do fake injury guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All the other one, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. It's got bells on. So yeah. so what happened? No, I think I we went for went for a header there and just got a uh, got need on the on the back. And I tell you, when you when you free one up against Spurs, them them. Them hit just hit like mm. you know make make them even more painful. You know you've got a couple of extra minutes. Look at this guy; this he's just depressed, is, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so good to watch. It really is. He's upset. Get um, back in the painting. Do you know what? That is one of the things though that uh, I think has been labelled against Arsenal in the past, and I think it's quite accurate. Like we we can be a bit too nice sometimes, you know. And I've always felt like sometimes when we're leading. Does the manager ever tell you, look, take a dive, go down and let everyone regroup, take the sting out of the game, you know, like that kind does that like that, the, the dark arts of football, I guess. You know what? That's that's never been a word from from the manager. I've never heard the manager saying that, but that's that's something that us as professional, we we've grew up knowing. That's that's part of your job. You know that you're free one up, you've got to kill time. If you get a foul, just just go down. Right, you know, it's right. like it's, it's part of the game. It's always been part of the game. So, because you see players sometimes going there, and they're holding, they're holding their legs, and they're oh no, you know, they, they need they need the ref to stop the game. And you're like, we need to do that. If that's how they're playing it, we need to do that as well. You know, it's it, like you say, it it's part of the game. So look yeah. at Addy Bayo. Yeah, I know. It, eh? it's, it, it's so weird because obviously now in hindsight we know what he went on to do and who he went on to yeah. play for. <laughs> but at that time on that game, everybody just. You know, obviously yeah, yeah, loved, of course. loved him and yeah, and uh, yeah, expected him to 
to stay many years at the club. But yeah, now knowing what you know, you kind of hey, Thierry. Thierry Ailey in his Parker, looking cool as you yeah. like as always. But you see, that's that's another thing, you know. Obviously, them guys Thierry. Or do, listen, let's say the starting 11 we're not playing, but they were all, you know, that guy like Thierry Henry yeah. could have just stayed at home and think about the next game, but he was always there yeah. supporting the, the team and and he was buzzing for us, you and, know. And he also, was just, do you know what I like? He's sitting... He's sitting uh, right next the bench. to the bench. Yeah, the, he's just behind the bench. Um, and I'm not digging out the players now. I don't want people to think I'm digging them out, but when they do go to the games, they sit up in the executive boxes. They don't sit like you know, where the boss sits and all the rest of it. You know, that's just an observation. Well, we used to, we used to, you know, maybe before that time when we were still at Highbury, we had to, every players from the squad had to go to the game and sit all behind the, behind the the bench. We were all together. And that was where Thierry was. Yeah. We all had to, had to come. If you didn't, Arsene Wenger will just be on your case. Why you didn't come to the game? Yeah. So no, we all had to, you know, it's a, it's a team I didn't know. It's, it's so funny how little things change like over time or, you know, different people come into the club, different management and, th- and the different expectations end up arising from it, I guess, don't they? Oh, big chance. Oh, it's late on. Oh, Here oh, you go again. Oh, oh big chance. Oh, oh, you should have buried oh, that, mate. Come on. I'm, He's I'm not dead, running. mate. Come I'm on, dead Jez. There. Hey, I would have, <laughs> I would, I'm dead. That would have been, the onion bag would have been bulging if that was me, mate. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Screamer, top corner. Seven on his back. Yeah, yeah Bright's touching. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give me Arsene's go. number when he goes to his next club. I can still do a job. So is that what that, what that, that missed towards the end there? Is that, was that fatigue? Was that tiredness rather than kind of... Yeah, that's, you know what? That's, that's tiredness physically and mentally as well. Right. You know, it's, it's mentally when, when you get that chance... And in your mind, you know the game's the game's over anyway. It's three one up, so the concentration is just it's just gone. Mm. You know, all you all you think is I'm just gonna hit that ball and and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. It's and fun. obviously in that <laughs> in that occasion, it was not the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least you scored before that. Th- yeah. This game, it's funny watching it now, and I didn't put two and two together. But this is completely unrelated. Uh, but I thought I'd tell you anyway. This was the day before I went to Thailand for the very first time. I watched this in a pub in Bromley. There were, it was me and my mate, the two, only two Arsenal fans in there. It was full of Spurs fans and we were giving it the big <laughs> like, I'm surprised we didn't get beat up. I'm, I'm not even sure. We were giving it the absolute big in there. Because there was this one guy. You know when there's one guy as well who's the loudest? Yeah. This one Spurs fan was giving it from the start. And then by the end of the game, we were just absolutely annihilating him. Well, by that, by that time, he's, he left, no? It was not there, or was he still there? He was still there. He was still he there. Was, he was devastated, though. You know, when someone's a broken man. That's what, He was like a broken man still in there drinking his drink, but he was like, leave me alone. <laughs> we were still giving it, you know. I was loving it. So I got, I got you to thank for that, Jeremy. I can, I can finally thank you over 10 years later. Do you know, I think this was also the game where a gentleman who, I don't know his name, he, he came in and out of my life that quickly but he has legendary status in our family and that is because whilst I was at the game my two brothers who were both Tottenham fans yeah work that I out I know right what the hell yeah they were in a pub watching this game right and they were giving it large when Tottenham equalised they thought they were going to do it and my brother was like yeah we're going to come back or whatever <laughs> and then <clears throat> when Ali of the Year smashed it in smashed the goal in this Arsenal fan, a middle-aged guy, keeping himself to himself, he di- they didn't even know he was an Arsenal fan. He stood up in the middle of the plug 
of the pub and went, yeah, <laughs> and turned to them and went, dreams over for another year. <laughs> there oh, we go. Final whistle's gone. Look there at the celebrations. There we go. Pascal Chimbonda, don't look at me. Gutted. See you later, mate. Can you remember this moment? Yeah, you can remember because obviously it's one of There's you know, you. such a... Talking to, uh, to Thomas Rizicki yeah. there, yeah, looking very happy. You know, you, you look quite chill, but I'm guessing it's partly down to the fact that you're absolutely knackered. Yeah, it is, and it's just kind of you know the emotion, the, the adrenaline of the game, kind of just that's it. The whistle just, you know, it's done. Now the game's over. You won the game, so you kind of relax a little bit, and it's until you get into the dressing room that you just realise you're in the final. And it's just, yeah, what well, we've done, all that journey, not just that game, but beating, you know, Liverpool and and all them fantastic game that run we've had in that in that Carling Cup was just amazing. And you just think, God, is is another step. We've we've done it again with uh with a younger team, I will say. And uh yeah, it's just amazing. Amazing feeling. And it's amazing to watch the Tottenham fans so upset. Gutted, <laughs> gutted. Still brings me joy. But um so how do, right, after you've had a game like this, which has been a real nerve jangler, how do you get back down to earth after that? Is it one of them where you go home and you're laying in bed awake? Like, why? You know what? You don't sleep. I, I, them games, I didn't sleep all night. You know, it was like I was redoing the game in my mind, you know, and, and obviously the goal I scored, but that chances that I had at the end, because at the end of the day, even if you, you know, you won the game, you still think, oh, I should have, could have scored a second yeah, one there. Yeah. I could have done this better, I could, you know. And uh, and so you just keep thinking about stuff all the time, and then you're just so knackered, and the adrenaline's still there that you just don't sleep, man. You just get knackered, and the next day you go to training, have a warm down, but everybody's buzzing, you know. You mm. all talk about the game, yeah. and then what, it's just yeah. What was it like with seeing some of the um, you know first team on the pitch here, Thierry Henry again? Yeah, it's just it's just made you feel like it's not just a reserve game kind yeah. of with the reserve team because Thierry's there all the boys that normally they want to see you win play, they want to see you win because they, they're just you spend you know every day <laughs> what is he doing because you spend you spend every day with them guys you know all year you know training and, and training camp and all that so you've got such a relation that it's not just uh, we've played the second team or the reserve or whatever it's like we're all on the you know, we all a squad, all yeah. a team, and and they were so happy that we've done it. Well, well you, you've you've illustrated there, and you've previously spoken about the bond that this team had. Did you think, based on this semi final and everything else that had gone on, did you think oh, our names on the cup here? We've got this. Yes, and and you know what I thought that is because of the run we've had. Nobody expected us to go to Liverpool and win six three, or you know, even win. Yeah. You know, because they've put their strong team out, and and we had like a. You know, most half of the team were kids. Like we were really young. Bit them. Then Spurs, we two 0 down at half time, where a lot of people would have think our oh, game's over. We aren't gonna make it. We came back to the game. Second leg, Baptista, that was the man of the of the Carling Cup with all them goals, was injured. He didn't play yeah. the second game. So you know, it was a bit of like, oh, is Thierry gonna play instead of him? Because you were thinking. You know, Baptista and, and I played all the all the games together up front, and now he's not there. He's, he's Thierry might play, and he did, and he put Adebayo has done, you know, a great job. And and you know, with all them obstacles that we came through, I thought, are we going to go and beat Chelsea? It doesn't matter if they put a strong team. 
we'll, we'll do it again, you know? The fact that Arsene kept sticking with his youngsters all the way through, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing and all that, but do you are you still thankful that he stuck with the youth team all the way through, or do you feel that possibly we might have benefited at the final stage with uh, sticking some more first-team players in there? Because at the end of the day, getting that first cup may well have been more important for the youngsters than every single one playing and ultimately losing. Yeah, I, I, listen, I agree. I think, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is the club and his winning trophies. You can't, you can't have emotion and, and just stick with something that you don't think is good enough and aren't going to get you there at the end of the day. So I totally agree. And, and if, and if we, we did have maybe Thierry and, and some of the senior players on the pitch that day, we might have won. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. But till the last moment, until he, he gave the, the, you know, the team... We all, nobody knew because there were so many rumours outside that fans and people, newspapers that were saying, oh, Arsene's just going to bring the full team now for the final. So we were all thinking like, oh, are we, gonna, you know, are we still going to play the final or are we just going to be dropped now and then be back to the normal starting eleven? which Arsene never mentioned anything. Wenger never mentioned anything in training. So we were all thinking, no, he can't do that. Otherwise, he would have mentioned it by now. You know, so we were all waiting and then, you know, a couple of days before we started preparing the, the first eleven, and it was just the same, you know, with, with me, Phil Walcott, you know, all the youngsters. And, um, and uh, yeah, but going back to what you said, yeah, obviously, you know, I, w- I would have rather be on the bench and win, th- and win that cup, obviously, definitely, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was just one step too many, but an amazing cup run all the same and great to, uh, to, to relive it here on the podcast. Uh, right, quiz time next. Right, then it's quiz time. Um, for this week's quiz, we're going to keep it every man for himself. So it's me against Johnny, against Jeremy, against me, if you get me. We're all against each other. So we need to bring in producer Liam so he can explain the rules of this week's quiz. Because as I always say, I've got no idea. So we've just watched the game. Um, I'm hoping you paid attention. Every answer from these questions you would have seen on the screen. Were you paying attention? <laughs> not, not really. Not, <laughs> not, not like I was gonna. It was there was gonna be an exam at the end of it. No, <laughs> Nick was thinking about his holiday to Thailand. So pretty <laughs> true was, to be fair. That's question three. <laughs> dear uh, oh dear. So I'm gonna ask the questions. You're gonna buzz in by just saying your name. Two points if you get it right. Okay. Minus one if you get it wrong. No tactical answering. Just if you think you know, buzzing. Oh, I think I'm going to get a negative score here. Oh, he's confident. I like yeah, it. Yeah, negative. Nick. I'll be honest. I need this win. Yeah, you just reminded me. I'm the only one who hasn't won one of these yet. I've <laughs> yeah. got to win this. And and just so everybody's clear here, Johnny lost last week, even though he should have won because somehow <laughs> he completely ballsed up the, <laughs> the, the multiplication. Yeah, yeah, even though I had the wrong numbers, I got closer. <laughs> He's still gutted about it. So just uh, just I'd let you know so you can have a little pick-me-up. Yeah, a bit of context to yeah. what this is. Are we all ready? Not really, yeah. but, you know, as, as, as you'll ever be. be. I'm ready. Fingers on buzzers. Which minute did Jeremy score in? Oh, there was no time on the screen. No time at, uh, um, Nick, I'm going to say... Oh, no, I, I get a minus point. I've got, I've got to give you an answer, answer now, though. 
Uh, right, I'm going to say... Uh, Remember, don't say anything. It's in extra time. Yeah. I know this, all right? So I'm going to say 104. 105. Oh! Mm-mm. I was going to go 104. So minus one now. This is going well. Johnny, I can see your trick. You ain't going to buzz anything. Yeah. <laughs> Win on zero. <laughs> Pressure you guys. So your trick. <laughs> Which team kicked off the first half of extra time? Nick. Me- Oh, Nick. Tottenham. Correct. Yes. I'm in the lead. Ooh. I'm in the lead, lads. Question three. Who was in goal for Arsenal? Nick. Jeremy. Oh. Nick. Manuel Almunia. Correct. <laughs> I need to start. I'm, I need to get a bit more trigger happy here. I'm just going to stop saying. <laughs> Question four. How many minutes of added time were indicated by the fourth official? Johnny. Two. Correct. Oh, I didn't see that. Ooh. Well done. I didn't even know. <laughs> Question five. Who got booked for Tottenham? Nick. Oh, no. Pascal Timbonda. It was Jermaine Defoe. Oh, there we go. I'm back down on one. Question six. Whose cross set up Jeremy's goal? Jeremy. Jeremy. Danielson. Correct. I'm in last place now. It's all gone Pete Tong. Jeremy's looking a lot happier now. I can see him getting more and more tense. (laughs) Question seven. Who was wearing a head bandage? Johnny. Jeremy. That's definitely me. Send Ross. Don't worry, mate. I've got headphones on. I can hear. (laughs) Question eight. Who was the Tottenham manager? Nick. Tommy. Nick. Martin Yole. Correct. Get in. Needed that. As we go to the final four questions. Jeremy on two. Johnny on four. Nick, Nick on three. On three. It's, very, it's all playful, mate. Very tense. Question nine. Whose shot hit the post? Johnny. Chim- Johnny. Mazitsky. Yep. I did not even hit the post when? When he well, scored. When he scored. When he scored, yeah. Question ten. Who was Arsenal's captain? Johnny. Jeremy. Johnny. Oh. That was Fabregas. Why can't we answer though? Yeah, exactly. Why can't we answer? I could have had two points. Yes. Unlucky, mate. Doing well, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) He's still in the lead, though. I think. Yeah, I think he is. Two questions to go. What shirt number was Jeremy Jeremy. wearing? Jeremy. Thirty. That's a joke question. But it wouldn't have been a joke question if you weren't asking about shirt numbers earlier. Oh yeah, but he's obviously going to get it first, isn't he? You know what I mean? So the final question. Jeremy's on four, Johnny's on four, Nick's on three. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, sudden death. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Who refereed the game? Johnny. Oh, Johnny. It is Alan Wiley. Correct. Come on, he's done it! Unbelievable scenes! And this is just a recreation of when we talked about whether it was me that scored a goal. Cochrane has done it! Yes! <laughs> That was the possibly the worst last question ever. I know, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I was thinking, I don't even know the referees' names that are refereeing now, let alone over 10 years ago. <laughs> so, no, but I wrote those questions last, what day are we on today? Friday, on Tuesday. And then I took the question out thinking, no one will know this. And then Johnny brought him up well, earlier that's on. That's why it was the worst question, because you knew he was going to get it right. He said it out loud. Yeah, I yeah, but, yeah but of course he's going to... It's not the point that he said... Oh, I'm not even going to dispute it. You can have it. <laughs> you can have it. And we've all moved level then, haven't we? For, in quizzes, for our podcast. Three deep, all equal. This uh, is like what they do on kids' TV where they make sure everyone wins. I'm, ju- <laughs> I'm just happy, Johnny, that... I didn't have a minus score. That's all I'm going to say. I really thought I was heading for you it. You can all have a participation trophy. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, right, we're almost uh, out of time for the podcast again for another week. Thank you for listening as always. Remember, you can do us a favour by giving us a rating and a review, five stars only and all that because, you know. Like Uber. Yeah, that's how we like it. <laughs> uh, also, spread the word. Tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, if you've stumbled across us uh, and you've got some Arsenal supporting mates, 
please do tell them to check out the podcast because uh, they're definitely going to love it. And on the next episode, Jeremy, we're actually going to be talking to one of your ex-youth uh, teammates as well. Reese Weston will be on the podcast. So yeah, sometimes. no, it'll be, uh, be great. I haven't seen him for a while, so it'll be nice to uh, have a chat with him, yeah. Reminiscing. I'm looking forward to a bit like my trip to Thailand 2007. <laughs> you guys keep bringing memories. I like, uh, watched that game and uh, got Reese coming, so yeah, it'll be good fun. Right, make sure you join us then. We'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. Arsenal Nation. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.